How are we doing, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome into another edition Final Whistle. I want to thank everyone that's given the support for the hoodies and gear that we have been repping. I got two of my reoccurring guests, Anthony Pacifico, who was on the Mental Health and Sports episode, as well as Joseph Papandrea. He was on my Jersey edition of our YouTube debut episode earlier this year. You two, thanks for coming on and joining me for our wild card preview edition of Final Whistle. Anthony, how are we doing? I'm good. I'm glad to be back. Uh, we had a great time last time. Um, thank you for asking us to do this again. Uh, I'm ready to get into it. Absolutely. Pap and Drea, how are we doing? Good as always, Blaine. Thanks for having me back on again. I know uh, I was one of your first guests, uh, so I got I beat Anthony to... Uh, <laughs> Being, being one of your guests first. So I guess you like me more. <laughs> and you asked me to come back on, so I appreciate it. Of course, of course. Again, that'll be debatable. That will be an off an off screen uh, argument that we can have. But uh, let's dive right in. Of course, this is wild card weekend of the NFL season, as well as the college football national championship will be taking place on Monday. We're going to be diving into every game and giving our ideas as well as picks for these games. So let's start off with the first game on tap. We have the Buffalo Bills versus the Indianapolis Colts taking place on Saturday. Buffalo at the moment is a six and a half point favorite. Bills finished with a 13 and three record, winning the AFC East and went finishing with the two seed, as well as the Indianapolis Colts being that last wild card team to get in with an 11 and five record. Just some injury updates Cole Beasley and Stephon Diggs are both questionable. The real indicator of for Buffalo this year is that the we've won the division, but we're not done. Their whole goal is to win the Super Bowl, yet they're 0-2 under Sean McDermott in the playoffs, and they have not won a playoff game since 1995 when they played the Miami Dolphins. And there is going to be fans in attendance, which is going to be a unique opportunity. And then on the for the Buffalo Bills fan base, for that Bills Mafia, and then transitioning for the Colts side, Phillip Rivers, this is easily his probably his best chance and maybe his last chance to take a team to the Super Bowl under head coach Frank Wright, who has taken the Colts to the playoffs two out of his three seasons. Anthony, let's start off with you. What do you think is going gonna, is gonna to happen in this matchup? So if you're Buffalo, you, you definitely want this to be a shootout. You want your defense to stack the box. You want to stop Jonathan Taylor. Um, because I think the Colts, in a way, are one-dimensional that way. You know, you're you're – and Indianapolis is playing as well as Philip Rivers playing is playing. I love Philip Rivers. You guys all know that, but he's also five and six in the postseason. Um, and like you said, it's his last shot. And you know, those eleven games that he previously played were probably better games, better seasons than that he's having. I really like Buffalo to take this one. I think it's going to be probably uh, it's going to end up being Buffalo's way. It's going to be a shootout. And I actually think Sean McDermott has full trust in Josh Allen to get this done. I think. Diggs is a must-play. I don't care if he's playing at 70%, 80%. He's, he will be on that field for them. Pabs, what do you think? So I'm going to go with, uh, like what Ant said, I'm strictly Buffalo on this one. However, um, if Colts, if the Colts can run the ball, I think it's going to be a much closer game than the six-and-a-half line uh, that it opened up as. But I think if um, – Jonathan Taylor could run the ball and the Bills can't stop that. It'll be a much closer game, but Bills do come out on top. But I'd see it being maybe like a three-point game, if anything. But uh, Bills get out with the win. Yeah, so we, I think we're all on the same idea here that we think Buffalo is going to come out on top. Uh, I think Dable, the offensive coordinator, has his he's, if he's not a head coach next season, I mean, the Buffalo might, win, might be – and be in heaven for the next like five to 10 years. But uh, Josh Allen has been an absolute superstar this year. And I think he put himself in that MV conversation. And he's also put himself in an opportunity that he is the best quarterback coming out of that class that included Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Lamar Jackson. He's put himself as the front runner at the moment, which is really unique to see. For me, this is a tough uh, decision for how I wanted to go here because these are my two teams that I actually thought were going to give the Kansas City Chiefs the most trouble. And I think this is actually a really bad matchup for Indianapolis, especially with how often Josh Allen is lethal as a runner and a thrower. I do like the Buff Buffalo Bills winning, but I think the Colts will be able to keep it close. But I think Phillip Rivers will make that mistake that he avoided all year. He'll make that late interception 
And I do like uh, Indianapolis covering that spread. So I think we're all in agreement. We have Buffalo, but we think the Colts are going to keep it close. So that's going to be, that's how we see the first matchup going. And we're not surprised if Buffalo is in the AFC title game or if not in the Super Bowl. So secondly, let's move into the first NFC wildcard matchup that will be taking place next. We have the Rams versus the Seahawks. This is the third time they'll be playing this season. The second time in three weeks. If you don't remember the last matchup, Jared Goff was injured his thumb. He had to have surgery on it. He, it is uncertain whether he's going to be playing quarterback or if it's going to be John Wolford. Sean McVay has kept that very much under wraps. It's going to be a more of a game time decision of who he throws out there on that first series of who's going to be playing quarterback for them. So it's going to be very interesting to see. I think one thing that's going to be is unique though. The Seattle Seahawks defenses came around in the last eight weeks. They're only averaging 16 points per game on defense. So I think the Seattle Seahawks are definitely have the opportunity here to take advantage with Russell Wilson, especially with the unknown at quarterback. And if you Wolford plays, you know, that defense that Seattle with Jamal Adams and Bobby Wagner will eat them up. The spread right now is minus three Seattle. Uh, Paps, let's start with you. What do you see in this Ram Seahawks matchup? Yeah. So, uh, you know, I love Seattle in this one, especially if Goff isn't playing, um, you know, just let Russ cook. They said it in the beginning of the year, he's had his struggles and, you know, I think he's, He's out to prove himself, especially in the playoffs. Uh, I think Seahawks are going to be my sleeper, you know, coming into the playoffs, but love them uh, going against the Rams. And I believe what that spread is four and a half. Uh, I see three, them covering three right now. So I, I even see them, yeah, definitely covering that. Uh, it, even if Goff plays, I think it's a Seattle blowout. Uh, Russ is going to find Lockett. He's going to find Metcalf. He's going to find his go-to guy in that game. Uh, blowout by Seattle. And Russ is going to cook. Anthony, what we got? So, I mean, Pap said it best. And and uh, Russell Wilson's the leader on that team. You can't dispute that. Uh, my guy DK Metcalf's over there. He's a he's a baller. He's going to eat. He's going to feast on that team. You know, I know Rams probably on paper are the better team. But if Jared Goff's not taking those first team reps in practice, he hasn't been. He's been injured with the thumb. I you're kind of almost as strong as your quarterback. And if Jared Goff is at 50%, I really don't think it's, it's a go for me. And I think Seattle, uh, I think Pete Carroll makes good adjustments. Um, although the Rams have, of course, been to the Super Bowl recently, I think Seattle is a more experienced team. And I think experience is going to get you further. Yeah, I, could, uh, I think we're, we're two for two to start. We're all on the same page here. I think the Ram, uh, Rams are going to really struggle offensively. Their defense is nothing short of elite, and that is a, an area where you can keep the, keep it close. But with the spread at three three right now, I think Seattle will probably win by six points. Uh, the, it's going to be a defensive struggle, I believe. Jalen Ramsey is going to probably cover DK Metcalf all over the field, and I think Tyler Lockett's actually going to be the X factor, especially with the Rams really don't have a number two corner that could really shadow him, and he plays the slot and on the outside, so I think he'll be a focal point for Russell Wilson and. He, he has struck, he, he's going to be a man on the mission this Saturday, especially trying to prove a point that, hey, I mean, I have struggled this last half of the season, but the first half of the season, I was the MVP, and I'm going to show you the MVP. This So don't bet on Russell, bet on Russell Wilson to have a huge day. So I agree with I that. So I like the Seahawks to win, and I like the Seahawks to cover that three as well. And I think as long as he doesn't turn over the ball, you know, he does have 13 interceptions on the year. But let's not forget, he also threw for 40 touchdowns this year. But if he can not turn over the ball, um, you know, you said seven points, at least six, seven points in this game. You know, I think I'm going by 14 at least, especially if the Rams don't Blaine. Show. Wow, blowout. Okay, go, Ant. I think, I think I'm going to just piggyback on what Pap said, and I think it, 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 it's to say with some of these quarterbacks, as long as Russell Wilson does not play a hero ball, conventional, smart, put it where it needs to be you know trust the play calling right he will come out with with a win yeah i agree and i think hero ball has been an issue for quarterbacks all throughout this covid related season uh, i know anthony and paps can relate to that as for their teams but we won't get into that because they'll get too upset and they will jump off this podcast but um so let's transition and I don't think they they know it's my team, the Washington football team, baby. 
they are hosting a home game at a record of seven and nine. They're the fifth team to finish with a, a record under 500, and they will be still winning their division or ha- being in the playoffs. They're playing Tom Brady, the GOAT himself. That spread right now is minus eight and a half versus Tampa Bay for Tampa Bay, excuse me. And I mean, if there if history repeats itself, right now Washington is actually a good bet because the last two teams that have finished under 500 Seattle, the Beast Quake run beat New Orleans in Seattle as well as Carolina. Riverboat Ron, he was the coach of that team. They ended up beating the Cardinals that year. And Riverboat Ron's the coach of the Washington football team now. I mean, I'm not throwing it in that they're going to eh, – maybe I'm trying to throw it in that they're going to pull off a victory. But, um, again, this is going to be a defensive matchup. Tampa Bay is sixth uh, in defense. Washington is second. I think it's going to be a low-scoring matchup. Anthony, let's start with you. I know you, you've already given me the look of disagreement. So, <laughs> so I'm not taking away from Washington season, right? You know, as a fan of the NFC East, teams of the NFC East, of course, um, you know, I love – this comeback story for Alex Smith, I think it's great, but I think this is where it ends, right? Like as a, I look at it two, two ways. As a, as a Tom Brady fan, as a Tom Brady fantasy owner, and as a realistic football fan, you know a few things about this man. He is the GOAT. When you poke the bear, when you poke the bear, who is the GOAT? And I'm talking to you, Chase Young, I understand you are a baller in this league. You're an absolute dog. But do not wake this man up because Tom will do bad things to you. And I know you said about the beast quake and all that, but this man, Tom, is on a mission. I don't care. I think, I think he's never he's – every time he's been in the playoffs, he's never been a wild card. Of course, that changed with the formatting um, and whatnot, and that's essentially why he's playing this week, but, or one of the reasons why. But Tom Brady is going to do bad things to Washington. I, I don't even know if I want to watch it. It might be 14 points, could be 17. I'm pretty sure Mike Evans came back to practice. Bruce Arians uh, is an experienced coach. We all know that from his years at the Steelers and, and Arizona, right? And Tom Brady has been to the playoffs more times than Washington has in the last X amount of years, right? Like Tom is Tom. And that's it. I'm, I'm leaving it to him. He's got the three-headed, the three-headed monster there with Antonio Brown, uh, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans. That, that, that's it. Who's, who's playing? Does Washington still not have a secondary? No, they have a nice front seven. Who's in their secondary? Uh, Kendall Fuller and Ronald Darby. And you said the spread's eight and a half? Eight and a half. Yeah. Two scores, maybe. <laughs> Perhaps you got, what do you got? <laughs> Uh, I think uh, we could agree here. This is where we really gang up on Blaine. Um, but I'd like to, you know, piggyback off what you said um, with Alex Smith. Uh, you know, that story and uh, his comeback is just unbelievable. Um, you know, but like you said, this is, I think this is where the road ends for him uh, and a quick exit for him as well. But he definitely proved himself all throughout the season. You know, um, I think he did what he had to do. Um in terms of winning games and showing that, you know, he is the comeback player of the year. Um, But again, he's going up against Tom Brady and Tom Brady in the playoffs. um, As long as, you know, Washington um, can't put pressure on him. I think Tom Brady easily throws for four, maybe five touchdowns. He's got a healthy wide receiving core in Antonio Brown, Godwin, Mike Evans, Gronk, it's just unbelievable how many weapons they do have. And, you know, like Blaine said, um, the secondary isn't going to be able to, you know, cover that field Um, downfield, middle of the field. They're going to struggle unless they get chase young in on Tom Brady to hit him a few times and rattle him a bit. This game is easily going to be over eight, the eight and a half point spread. Um, And I see a blowout by Tampa. Who's Tom's backup. Blaine Gavert. He might be in by the third quarter. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to be a realistic fan. I'm taking Tampa Bay to win, but Washington will cover the spread, all right? They're going to cover. Wrong. I mean, all right. No, but I'm going to give you some numbers. All right, we're second. Like, we're second in defense, right? We are the top passing defense in the league. And for me personally, that's kind of remarkable because Anthony would know who Ronald Darby is and – I despise Ronald Darby. <laughs> I really do. 
but I'm just going to be realistic here. Let's be real. Every time Tom Brady is lost, it's by a team that has a front four that can get to the quarterback. The Giants, those two out of those three Super Bowl losses that Tom has, that was because they had a lethal front four. We have a lethal front four. Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, Ryan Kerrigan. I can keep going. <laughs> but we have five first-rounders on that front line. We're going to get pressure. We're going to push Tom off his spot. It's going to be critical of D tackles because Tom loves to step up in the pocket. I'm not saying we're going to win, but I am going to say we're going to give ourselves a chance to win, and we're going to cover this spread. And if I'm taking Tampa Bay because I'm hopeful that we're going to be wrong on this one and that Washington will pull off a miracle. But I think realistically, this is Bruce Arians said it best that he, he, he showed that the chase young clips in his, in the locker room and they're not going to be any slaps. The offensive line's not, it's going to take that personally. And their offensive line is really good uh, this season being a top five on uh, statistically. So going to be a definitely, it's going to be dependent on the lines. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, I believe Tampa Bay will win, but I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm taking Washington on the eight and a half. I think we'll probably lose by seven. I think we can cover eight and a half. So that's going to be, think if you, so that's going to be our if, first disagreement. We think we have, we're in agreement on who's going to win, but based on the spread, we're going to have to go elsewhere. So let's just recap what we've discussed so far. So for our Saturday selections, we have the, all three of us have the bills winning, but we have the Colts covering. Then we have, all, again, in unanimous decision, Seahawks are going to win and cover the three points. And then lastly, we're, uh, Anthony and Paps think the Tampa Bay-Washington game will be over by halftime. Uh, and it'll be a two-score victory, probably even potentially even more. And then I have Tampa Bay winning, but Washington will cover the spread. So what is going to be your biggest takeaway on Saturday? Uh, Paps, let's start with you. What game are you going to be more intrigued to watch out of those three? Definitely the Bills Colts game. Uh, I think that's going to be one of the closer games Two uh, good quarterbacks going at it. Um, I think that one will be one of the harder ones to pick through um, as far as Buffalo minus six and a half. Um, you know, Colts could definitely cover that spread. Like I said, if they could run the ball well, if Jonathan Taylor could get going and the Bills can't stop him, I think definitely that'll be a much closer game. I think I said three points and, you know, I'm sticking with that. Um, and then, um, you know, the other two games are self-explanatory there. Seattle against the Rams, especially if Goff's not playing. Easy sweep for Seattle to move on. And then, of course, uh, Tom Brady doing Tom Brady. And he's going to take your Washington football team down. Anthony, what about you? You in agreement? Well, Paps talked a little bit about this um, Buffalo-Indianapolis game. And, of course, that's the game to watch, right? Like, you, we all want to see who can – uh, can see Kansas City as, you know, the number one in the AFC. But I'm actually looking more towards this L.A. Rams-Seattle game. Uh, even if Rams, uh, even if Jared Goff does not play, uh, I want to see just how Seattle functions, all right? Like, we're going to talk about New Orleans in a little bit, but, like, the, the mission, essentially, is who's taking down Green Bay. And Seattle played very well you know, in spurts throughout the season. And I want to see if they can come back, come back to life um, and contend because, I, you know, we want to see this competition. We want to see is, is Green Bay really what they are or is Seattle going to stop being little brother and get back up there? Yeah. And then I'm going to have to agree with Pabs. I'm going to be watching the Bills Colts game with a lot of interest, especially for me. Again, as I mentioned, I think those are the two teams that could take down Kansas City in the AFC. Uh, I think both of them have different recipes to beat Kansas City, but they both have the formula that can do it. So I will definitely be watching that game with a lot of interest. So let's transition now to the Sunday slate. The first game on tap is Baltimore versus Tennessee. Baltimore is favored minus three on the road uh, going to Nashville. As we've met, uh, as you know, Derrick Henry rushed for 2,000 yards this season. Absolutely remarkable. He's not going to get the recognition in the MVP voting because that's more of a quarterback award, even though it's, he should be getting, he should be a top two to top three candidate in a, in my opinion. And Tennessee has Baltimore's number. They've beaten them the last two times, including last year's blowout where Derrick Henry ran for 195 yards and he had a jump pass touchdown just to rub it in a little bit. He's shown that he can throw the ball too. 
And then this past season, uh, in the regular season, they had a matchup. Tennessee, again, won that one in overtime, 30-24. to 24. Uh, Henry had 133 on the ground. Transitioning to Baltimore, it lives and dies by Lamar Jackson. I think Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, has finally realized, hey, let's, let's try and let Lamar Jackson just be the best player on the field instead of uh, trying to make him a pocket passer. Uh, they've won five straight. Lamar Jackson is now the first quarterback to have back-to-back 1,000-yard rushing seasons, which is really impressive. But it's all going to come down to his playoff record where he is 0-2. Again, we, as I mentioned, he, they got blown out by Tennessee as well as losing to the Los Angeles Chargers the year before that. So, Anthony, let's start with you. What do you see in this Baltimore-Tennessee matchup here? Well, it all comes down to running the ball for both teams, right? We have Lamar Jackson – um, again, I, I have my opinions about Lamar Jackson. You know, he's the offense, and I think that's an issue. Uh, like you were talking about Greg Roman before. But let's look at Tennessee, right? Feed this man the ball. That, that, that's what it comes down to, right? Derrick Henry, 2,000-yard rusher. You're absolutely right. Should be in the MVP conversation, but won't. Um, feed him the ball. I don't care if he gets 30 carries, 40 carries, and then 50 touches overall, right? Like, you need to give this man the ball because not only – is that your strong suit, right? But it's going to open play action. And Mike Vrabel knows what he's doing. Brian Tannehill plays very well off play action. Um, and I think that's what I'm going to be looking for, right? Can Tennessee get their run game going early, score, put points on the board? If it becomes a closer game, can Ryan Tannehill kind of carry a little bit more? And, uh, you know, he's got the receivers. He's got the talent there. And, and we saw those big plays. He can do it. And then uh, in regards to Baltimore, um, just like we were talking about the, the matchup records, I think the road stopped for Baltimore here. Haven't been the biggest fan of them all year. Um, I think Lamar, and it, again, it goes to all these games, right? Like your quarterback is your strong, you're, you're as, as good as your quarterback. And Lamar Jackson's great on with his legs. He's okay with the ball in his hands, but I, I don't think with that defense, I, I just don't think he can put the points up there that they need to run Tennessee off the off the field what you got Pabs? so coming into this you know um i think i was uh really high on the the ravens taking this game but um tennessee's tough and i'm gonna piggyback what uh ant said about derrick henry if you feed him the ball all throughout the game and he he's rushing you know if even if he's getting five six yards of carry they're moving the ball up the field um and you know i don't think the ravens front could stop that um, and he's got weapons on the outside Tannehill as well. And let's not forget that Tannehill also has the legs to, you know, run as well. So, um, you know, it's just not Lamar who's going to be the only one running. And Tennessee is obviously going to be prepared for Lamar running the ball. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't put Tennessee out of this one. They're a very strong team, both teams, 11 and five. Um, and I think a lot of people are doubting Tennessee, uh, in this one. So, you know, um, especially the Ravens being that home team and everyone's high up on them. You got to go against it. Uh, Tennessee is definitely going to take this one, even though this is a revenge game for the Ravens. All right. So we have two Tennessee. So I'm going against the grain because I think Lamar Jackson will get it done. I think I really do. I think Lamar Jackson will get it done and Baltimore will win this game. I actually think they might run. I think this is this is the game I wanted to watch. This is the game of the weekend, in my opinion. And for me, I'm taking Lamar Jackson, and I think he's gonna—he's not going to run the ball as much as people think he is. I think they're going to use J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, and Mark Ingram. They're going to use the three-headed monster running back, especially Mark Ingram. He is not—he is—they've rested him for this opportunity, especially the last two weeks when they haven't really played anybody. So I want to see—they're going to ground and pound. They're going to use Lamar more of a decoy. And then they're going to have him fresh in the second half when it's that time of the game, when it's time to pound the team down. And we know if Baltimore gets behind, it's going to get ugly because Baltimore is not a team that gets from behind. But I think Baltimore Harbaugh knows that he's going to take the ball if they win the toss and they're going to take him right down the field because Baltimore is a team. If they're ahead, nobody can catch them. It's they're They're literally a yin and the yang team. If you're behind, they're not going to win, but if they're ahead, they will, they will run you down till the season, the game's over. So I believe in them. I King Henry, he will have a monster game. This is going to be the game of the day. Both of the, I think both of them are going to eat. I think Lamar's going to surprise some people as a thrower though tomorrow uh, on Sunday. 
So I'm taking Baltimore. I think they're going to win too. So on the spread, I like them by like four to seven points. I'm, I'm going to ride Baltimore. I think it's going to be the seven game. Seven points? Four seven to seven points. in between there. I don't, I can't be, I, they're going to cover the three. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll see. Hey, and I think he's, he's, he's going to be playing with house money. Cause there was this whole statistic that came out. Peyton Manning hasn't won a playoff game until he turned 27. Lamar just turned 24 the other day this week. So I just don't trust the ball in Lamar's hands when the game matters. He is the most, he's the best. If they get in the red zone, it won't matter. Cause he, the, he's the least, he's the best red zone quarterback in history based off of the years he's played. I believe he has zero turnovers in the red zone this year, if I'm correct. Yeah, zero INTs in the red zone. He's lethal. I'm telling you, he's going to surprise. To hey. get him, I just want him to get them there. If he's not running the ball every they, three plays, if you're going to rely on J.K. Dobbins and whoever's in the back. He doesn't have to get him there. He's just got to win the football game. Right, okay. All right, we'll <laughs> If Tennessee has the ball less down by three, they're winning the game. No, yeah, because no. your Houston paid that price last week, all right? <laughs> no question. It's happened multiple times. Tennessee with the ball last, easy. Hey, Walking out there with a win. I'm telling you, it's going to come down to Justin Tucker, and that kid doesn't miss. So, okay. You just jinxed him. Mark my word. <laughs> anyway, moving on. <laughs> so – now we're going to transition to the Bears versus the Saints. Uh, we're going to be uh, the Bears, 8-8. Eight and eight. They got in because Arizona lost this past week to Los Angeles, the Rams, and uh, it was very unfortunate. I thought I was riding the Cardinals this, that week last week, so that didn't help that Kyler got hurt on the first play. Anyway, um, but Mitchell Trubisky has started nine games, and remarkably he is 6-3 and three as the starter. So many people now believe that uh, – there's a little controversy there and that he has the potential of being re-signed back into Chicago. That has been the rumors this week. For some reason, Matt Nagy is coming back, which makes no sense. He finally got rid of the play calling and they finally figured out how to use Trubisky correctly. Um, for New Orleans, they ran for over 2,200 yards this year. It's the most under a Sean Payton team with the two-headed monster of Latavius Murphy and Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara is expected to return from testing positive for COVID. For Sunday, Michael Thomas is going to be back. Drew Brees is, is going to have his top target back. Personally, for me, I think this one might be the ugliest matchup of the weekend, especially if Chicago's defense doesn't hold serve because New Orleans' defense is a lot better than people actually think expected them to be. So, Paps, let's start with you. New Orleans, Chicago, how's this one's going to turn out? The, this one, Blaine, like you said, it's a, it's a really ugly game, you know, uh, I don't think Chicago belongs in the playoffs. They, they got lucky. They're eight and eight team. They have quarterback problems. Uh, they have one running back, uh, Montgomery. Um, you know, I think the saints are ready no matter what the saints have so many more weapons. Like you had mentioned, Michael Thomas is going to be back. Uh, Kamara should be off uh, COVID protocol and he should be back. So, um, you know, I, I love the saints in this one easily covering the spread. I think this is a blowout. Uh, yeah, it's nine and a half. So I think, yeah, and that's a high one, spread. This one, uh, especially if Kamara gets going, we know Breeze could throw the ball. Um, Sean Payton obviously going to use Taysom Hill in this game, whether it's running, throwing, catching. It, he does it all. We we both know that. So so many weapons uh, in the Saints. Um, but yeah, I don't think Chicago, even with uh, Mac on the end, I don't think he'll even get to Drew Brees once in this game. And what do you think? So we can have a 45-minute conversation another time about Mitch Trubisky and his time in Chicago. I would love to have that conversation be promoted somewhere because you know how I feel about him. But as Pat was talking, I'm thinking to myself, what's the best way to clean up this mess? Do we get the Swiffer? Do we get the broom? Because that's exactly what this game is going to be. Do they want – does Chicago want to be beat by Alvin Kamara, six touchdowns, that kind of sort of deal? Do they want to get the slants from Michael Thomas? Or do they want Taysom Hill to run it in? Like – like, I, I, I just – Chicago has no business being in this game. Z literally zero. This, what was the spread? It, it wasn't nine, nine and a half. Right, nine yeah. and a half. If, if you thought – It'll probably thought, be higher than that by kickoff. Two scores. I think it'll be at least two scores. Um, I see this being a run heavy – you know, we know Chicago has a, good, a, a pretty good defense. I think actually uh, 
Sean Payton's going to run the ball down their throats. Uh, don't put the ball so much in Drew Brees' hands. Not that he can't handle it, just because he's still recovering from the injury. But we all know Mitch and the gang have no business being in the playoffs. They have no business even playing the Saints. I actually feel bad for the Saints that they have to suit up. Um, and I really think Matt Nagy, Mitch, and, the, and, and Ryan, Ryan Pace, they're all going to get back on their plane, and they're going to – after the time – no. Not, there's nothing to this game. There's nothing. It's a blowout. It's a wash. It's just I, next I, week. Next week. I think the bigger thing is that uh, for this game, this is the game that's being broadcasted on Nickelodeon for to bring in to no to bring in kids to try and want to watch football more. And this is probably the worst matchup to get. There's also a game on Freeform. I saw yeah. that. It's, it's, it's a very interesting conundrum what the NFL has done. The, the NFL is going to have these poor children. See, see, see how bad things happen to, to these, these grown men. I'm so sorry that they're posting that on a children's network. <laughs> I can't. All right. I got to give you a real question, though. Will Nick Foles play this game at any point? Uh, it's not worth it because even, no matter who's in quarterback, they're going to get distra- slaughtered. Um, even if Nick Fo- or even if Mitch Trubisky plays bad, keep Mitch in there. You're basically um, – trying to evaluate your team. at the, You're basically using this game to evaluate your team for next year because you're not going to win. So see what Mitch is. You know, he's on his contract year. I think Nick Foles is holding the, uh, the board. Uh, no. no. Nick, Foles, Nick Foles is waving to somebody else in the stands maybe. I don't know what he's doing. I could, I could really see, you know, Nick Foles coming into this game, especially if it gets ugly. Yeah, Mitch to kneel the ball? What's that? <laughs> To kneel the ball at the end of the game, maybe. <laughs> if Mitchell Trubisky is going to turn over the ball at least twice or three times in the first half, you'll put see it him on. at halftime. You will, you will see Nick Foles in the second half. But, um, yeah, if, you I'm telling you, man, if he comes out with the dark tinted visor, it's over. It's a wrap for New Orleans. You might see Jameis Winston. You're asking about Nick Foles. I might see Jameis Winston on the field. That's very true. Uh, but I'm going to agree with you, too. I think this is going to be a route. Uh, I know we have a couple Chicago Bears followers, so we apologize. We're not going to name names, but he—they know who they are. Don't listen. Yeah, don't listen to the. Don't, don't listen watch. to what we're saying. Don't listen and don't watch. <laughs> no, skip this part of the segment for uh, the, for the next game. But Fun New Orleans will you. blow them out. I'm sorry for all you childhood fans that are trying to get it back into football, and it's you might the NFL might lose a lot of viewership in this game. <laughs> But so we're going to transition now to our final game on the NFL slate Sunday night football. We have the Cleveland Browns for the Pittsburgh Steelers, a rematch from last week. Uh, Pittsburgh is favored minus six last week's game. Cleveland won 24, 22 for Cleveland to get into the playoffs in a must win game. Cause if they lost Miami would have gotten in over them based off of uh, tiebreakers. And I think the more intriguing thing is that uh, Pittsburgh only lost by two with, out Big Ben, without TJ Watt, without Casey Hayward, three of their best players on their entire team, and they still barely survived to have a chance. They had a two-point conversion to try and tie that game late. Um, and as, as we know, uh, Kevin Stefanski will not be coaching due to testing positive for COVID. They're actually going to be out with also uh, a, a wide receiver, as well as several other coaches. The special teams coordinator, Mike Freifer is going to be the head coach. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this game gets handled. Um, Cleveland, uh, Cleveland is going to be have a little bit of motivation though after Juju Smith-Schuster's little press conference, uh, where he said the Cleveland Browns are just the same team to me. They're a little bit wa- basically saying that they're still washed up as a franchise. And um, as we know, Pittsburgh cannot run the ball. It's going to be down to Big Ben throwing it 55 times. It- for the, uh, in the game and they only had 1300 yards on the season rushing which is the worst in the nfl and then anthony how we how do we expect this one to go it's a little bit of a mixed bag of what we're going to see i think the spread's a little awkward there of how whether to go with pittsburgh or cleveland well first of all i think juju needs to watch his mouth he needs to be worried about where he's playing next year right he needs to worry about the next game and then where he's playing next year but i think you said it best right like i i've been rooting for cleveland uh, I have my support for Baker, right? But 
again, with all the COVID protocols and everything that's going on, they're at a disadvantage because they can't push this game back, obviously. They can't move this around, right? They're already down receivers. They're down coaching. They're, I think the uh, facility has been closed every so often. Yeah, they've been to, closed all week. They're doing primarily walks. I think, unfortunately, they're the reason they're going to lose this game. It's just them not being able to practice, not be able to have their coaching there. You said they have somebody like down the line who's going to be their head coach for the game. Um, I, don't, I, I think the preparation is going to be off. I think Jarvis Landry said that he's going to be playing. Um, I don't think that makes too much of a factor because the Steelers are playing phenomenal defense. Um, and going back to the Steelers, yeah, they're playing inconsistent football. I think this is a week that Mike Tomlin's going to use to try to get it right, uh, especially against a Browns defense, uh, Browns offense, see uh, better play calling to make a deep, a deeper playoff run. I don't know where it's going to go, but I think Big Ben gets this right. He has a plenty of receivers to throw to. doesn't even matter if the run game's okay. But just, just watch out for uh, Miles Garrett. You, you know he's a dog. Um, that's what it comes down to. I'm taking the Steelers. Pass, what do you have? Uh, definitely taking the Steelers in this one. Uh, you'd mentioned the spread is a little awkward in this one. It's up to minus six now uh, after the fact that, you know, all this COVID stuff had came out with their head coach. Um, but I still like the original line minus four um, for the Steelers. I'm going to stick with that. Uh, I don't really like the six. I think Cleveland will still keep up. Um, Baker, very underrated this year in a way so i think he can you know still get the ball to who he's got to get it to two running backs nick chubb and cream hunt they'll uh they'll both run the ball pretty well it, it, i think it all comes down to how well pittsburgh's defense shows up in this one uh with especially tj watt if tj watt can get to baker mayfield and cause problems uh i think baker's gonna get very frustrated and then it can be a pittsburgh blowout but like Ant said, you know, you got to get Big Ben throwing uh, that ball at least, you know, 30, 40, 50 times. Uh, and he's got weapons all over the field. It's just a matter of fact um, that they're going to do their slants. But I think Big Ben's got to take some big shots in this one, not just those slant routes, because um, Big Ben's going to turn over the ball. This game is going to be a lot closer. And it it is possible that Cleveland can sneak out with a win. Um, but I'm going to still stick with Pittsburgh and I'm going to go with the minus four uh, line on that one. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to roll with the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. I just think with Stefanski out, it's going to be too much of a tall task for the rest of the coaches to pick up the slack. I believe he'll, he'll probably have the whole first quarter scripted with plays but i don't think by the second half you you won't you, you won't have the second half scripted by them because you don't know how the game the outcome is going to be laid out and i think they'll probably be behind and that's what's going to lead to baker throwing the ball too much and and the way they play is that you ride kareem hunt and you ride nick chubb and then you use the play action really well you get baker out on the edges you let him throw you give him the run option as well because i think last week he showcased especially the when he needed to he used his legs but I do like the Steelers. This is a this is a statement game for them, especially how they have limped in to the postseason after being eleven and zero, going one and four down the stretch. It's going to be a real uh, real deal breaker for them whether or not they're going to try and be competitive or not. And I think they're going to show up. I don't think the run game will show up because it hasn't all year. But I think they're going to figure out a way to use this short passing game more of like an air raid kind of style, just dink and dunk right down the field. Uh, Deontay Johnson has finally eliminated those drops in the last three or four weeks. That has been the issue with the Pittsburgh receivers. And I think Eric Ebron's going to be a real matchup problem. Um, I think so, that's going to be the difference. So I think Pittsburgh's actually going to cover the six. I actually like them by seven. So Blaine, going, going back to a little bit, just an additional note, I'm thinking about it. Uh, Paps mentioned TJ Watt, right? And Betonio, the Browns stud guard, will not be playing as far as I know. Um, so I could see this getting a little dangerous for Baker. Yeah, and then just letting Minka Fitzpatrick be the rover and just eye Baker Mayfield down. Because you, if you just let him be the a cover one rover, it gets really ugly for other teams because he's just – He's all over the field when you least expect it. So I think he's going to be the real deal breaker defensively. And he'll probably be shading towards Landry. But I think without, especially with one of the Cleveland main receivers out, 
he's going to be able to be a little bit more free there as well. So let's just recap what we have. We have Paps and Anthony going with Tennessee. I have Baltimore in that first Sunday matchup. Then we're all in unison here with the Saints blowout. And then uh, I think I took Steelers minus six. Paps took it at the, an alternate spread, which was when it opened at was four before COVID. Anthony, are you taking the six or the four for Pittsburgh? Or are you taking Cleveland on the spread? It's a little coin flip, huh? It's, it's a weird uh, number. They're weird numbers. I know you have Pittsburgh winning. I have, yeah, I definitely have Pittsburgh winning. Um, I'm going to go with Pat, actually, only because, you know, I'm, I'm thinking that the defenses, who's not playing, who's been playing like crap, all those things, right? Yeah, the Steelers kind of just limping in. So I'm going to, I'm going to take the original. I'll take the four. Okay. Yeah. And then, so out of the, out of those three Sunday games, again, uh, Anthony, we'll start with you. Which one are you going to be looking forward to out of the three? I think it's going to be pretty obvious which one. I'm, I'm leaning Tennessee Baltimore. I'm leaning Tennessee Baltimore too. Cause it's a competitive game. Um, I, I just, Derek Henry just having a phenomenal year. Uh, I don't think this is the end for him personally. I think he's just going to run his way through whatever team in the playoffs. I think when you look at the rest of the teams, they're going to have to play. Uh, a lot of them don't have great run defenses. Derek Henry can really take over this playoffs. Um, so that's the game to watch. However, as crazy as this sounds, will I be watching this game? Probably not. But it is, it is in a weird way a game to watch. New Orleans Bears. Why? Because the Saints themselves have been a little bit uh, flip-flopping their identity. They're still trying to kind of figure themselves out. And again, I love Green Bay and Matt LaFleur as the front runners in the NFC, but I really want to see who can compete against them. I really want to see um, how the NFC turns out. And I think the Saints can kind of figure that out in this game. And then, Pat, so what you, which one are you looking at? Definitely, like you said, it's pretty obvious that uh, Titans-Ravens game, um, AFC is so competitive this year. Um, that's definitely a game to watch. It'll probably be one of the closest back-and-forth games. It'll definitely be one of those shootout games to watch. Who It comes down to who has the ball last uh, and who can get it done. Fewest mistakes, but also Derek Henry running the ball. Um, and, you know, we're going to see him run the ball at least 20 times. Uh, in this contest but like Ant said um, the Saints Bears game is another one to watch out for because who's going to compete with Green Bay uh, coming out of the NFC NFC is a little more shaky Um, you don't really know who's going to come out of it is Green Bay going to walk right to the Super Bowl or is there going to be a team that's going to cause them the problem whether it is the Seahawks if they get past the Rams or the Saints if they get past the Bears Um, but I'm going to stick with the Tennessee um, Ravens game that'll be a pretty good one to watch yeah and then for me as I mentioned I already I agree with the Baltimore Tennessee game I think it's probably it's easily the game of the weekend on the slate of the whole wild card slate in my opinion and then I think for Brown Steelers is just going to see how are the Browns going to respond you did the hard part you ended the drought are you now going to lay an egg in the playoffs or are you going to try and show yeah. up and try and make an impact and actually show that you're a legit contender or a dark horse to, to contend against Kansas City potentially in the AFC. So I just want to see, Cleveland, what are you going to be made of? You did the hard part. You ended the drought. Now, are you guys just going to be a one-and-done team? Or are you guys going to showcase the ability, hey, we're not going to be – we're going to be contenders for not just the next couple of years, but this year too. So I think that will be intriguing. As we wrapped up, that's going to be the our look at the NFL wild card. But there is still one more game that we're going to discuss. As of right now, the game is still happening, which is the national championship, which will be taking place on Monday. That is Ohio State versus Alabama. Alabama right now is favored minus eight. But we there is the potential of this game being postponed. There have been rumors. Ohio State is having issues with COVID right now. And within their team. So it's going to be unique whether or not the game will be pushed back a week. That is still up for possibility. But as of now, the game is on. Unique components. We thought this was going to be an Alabama-Clemson game. Ohio State ended up blowing out Clemson and Trevor Lawrence, which was kind of unique. Justin Fields was a man on a mission last week playing absolutely – we didn't even think he was going to come back in the game, and he had six touchdowns to six incompletions. Like he played out out of his mind last week. 
And for me personally, it's going to be interesting to see whether or not can anybody give Alabama a game? Can anybody do it? We have it. We saw it once this year, and that was against Lane Kiffin because Lane Kiffin knows worked for Saban, so he understood how to play against him. That was literally it. And this is going to be a huge factor. Jalen Waddle, who we all thought was going to be out for the year, is a game time decision now for Monday night. So, and we don't know how severe the Justin Fields injury is. If he takes one hit, is he going to be able to continue, et cetera? So, I mean, right now it's eight, but this this game could get ugly, especially if Waddle plays. Paps, I'm going to start with you for the national championship. What do you see here? And give me a prediction. Uh, this game, you know, uh, Alabama just being Alabama, they're back in the number one spot. Saban bringing the team back uh, to number one, uh, pushing Clemson to that number two. Clemson clearly getting blown out by Ohio State. And that, that was really a statement for Ohio State to get to this national championship um, only because, you know, that was a revenge game for them. Um, you know, watching that game, they kept showing uh, the team working out with the score from last year's game. Uh, up on their screen while working out and you know Ohio State came in there and they really showed Clemson they belong in the college football playoffs Um, I don't dislike Ohio State in this game I wouldn't count Justin Fields out you know after that game he definitely um, upped his draft stock for this year Uh, you really don't know is is he gonna go before Trevor Lawrence we we don't know yet Um, but you know you're shaking your head. I think it all depends on this game. If he could beat Alabama, is he the better quarterback? We'll see. That you know, that's that's another podcast you'll have to have me and Ann on. We'll we'll talk then when it gets to we'll talk draft. draft. <laughs> we'll talk draft. But uh, I wouldn't count Justin Fields out. You know, uh, Ohio State also has a really good run game um, with um, Sir- Sermon in the backfield. He's had a monster year, but you know, Alabama's just. With Nick Saban's coaching, uh, I think it's a no-brainer that Nick Saban's fully prepared for what, whatever Ohio State uh, throws at them, whether it's Justin Fields throwing the ball or Ohio State running the ball. And especially the way Mac Jones has played this year, if he's going to keep uh, keep that up. And they also now have uh, a Heisman Trophy winner. So they're really high on their horses. And, you know, Alabama's been taking, it, taking a beat in a few years from Clemson. So I think Nick Saban wants to get right back on top. Uh, this one could get ugly, and I see a blowout by Alabama. Anthony, is there any chance for Ohio State? Well, see, uh, perhaps try not to say it, but I'm going to say it. There is no, I'm counting Ohio State out. They're done. Goodbye. Go home. If, if the game gets moved, you're just helping Nick Saban prepare even more. And Jalen Waddle definitely you're play getting, next week. You're getting Waddle even healthier. You're getting the whole team healthier, right? You have the Heisman Trophy. Waddle would have been in that conversation too. Uh, Najee Harris is like running the ball like a like a madman, and Mac Jones is playing phenomenal football. We talked about this a little bit, right? I, I love me some Mac Jones, and I think this is uh, a quarterback that Nick Saban can work really thoroughly with. You know, he he was in the running as well. Um, but flipping over to Ohio State, right, you talked a little bit about the draft, but I think that's important, right? Like Justin Fields is showcasing himself. This is more than just a championship game. You know he's going to the draft. He already know he's hearing in uh, social media, people chirping in his ear that he's going to be second fiddle uh, in the draft to Trevor Lawrence. He's going to play hero ball. I think Justin Fields is going to play hero ball because he has to also. Um, I, I see him having – I see him starting strong – but when he gets down big, he's going to have to play that hero ball. Uh, there's, I don't think there's any way he comes out of this with a win. Uh, Pap's kind of going off of what you said. Uh, he will be at least his second pick in the draft anyway. And then for me, I just, I'm going to have to agree. There's, I, I, I see this getting ugly. I really do. It could, if Waddle plays, this spread will easily be 14 by kickoff without a doubt. It might get, it'll it's if it's at eight now and if they say Waddle plays it'll jump drastically by at least go ahead something that people aren't talking about enough um, although he will be with a new team shortly Steve Sarkeesian the offensive coordinator uh, last Alabama. game is the Alabama guy right but he has done some awesome things not only in pros but in college like he will be uh, 
at his best. He, you know, uh, you want to leave Nick Saban's uh, administration and organization like on a good note, right? Always. You know, you never know what can happen. You know, Steve Sarkeesian's gonna uh, coach his heart out. He's gonna be making the right play calls like to a T. Um, and I just wanted to add that to that because I think that's important. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I think one of the unsung things is that people are not gonna understand is cornerback Patrick Sertan for Alabama. Notre Dame did not throw his way the entire game. That's how, and Brian Kelly said it in his presser after. We were not even going to try and touch Patrick Sertan because he's the best cornerback in college football, and it's not even close. And you know he'll shadow Chris Olave all over that field on Monday night. So it's going to be real interesting if Justin Fields – has a, has a little bit of confidence in himself to attack Patrick Sertan because if he does, it might get even worse than actually. It will not end said. well. That will not end no, well. No, 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 it won't. And Patrick Sertan's easily a top five pick too. That's going to be coming into the draft. So I think it's going to be interesting. And if we haven't even met like Harris, Mac Jones, Mac Jones just won the Davy O'Brien award last night. Najee Harris just won the, well, uh, the Walter Payton Award last night is the best running back. Like, oh. Devontae Smith won the Heisman. He also won the best player in college football. Like, the list goes on. And this is, like, the first first uh, team to have three top five, three of the top five in the Heisman voting. Like, that's just scary. And they would have probably had four out of the top five with Waddle on the team if he plays – and it's, it's just going to be it'll be a, it'll be a mismatch. Saban Saban will have the guys ready to showcase their ability on full display, especially when he knows a lot of them will be gone after after this game. They're going to want to leave on a good note. Alabama big. I don't think at least it might be what Notre Dame lost by 17, but that was because they scored a garbage time touchdown late. So 21. Three touchdowns, is that what you're throwing at? Three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. I agree. I'm, tell, I'm telling you, Justin Fields, man, great quarterback. He's going to be a great pro. But I don't know if he'll finish gonna, the game. I really don't. He, he, I think he's going to crumble like a – I don't know. He's going to crumble. I don't know if he'll finish the game. But another news, that's it for our – so we just went unanimous Alabama blowout there. That was uh, our playoff wildcard edition slash national championship edition of Final Whistle. Anthony and – Joseph, thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Love having you guys on the pod. Uh, th- appreciate you taking the time. We're, you know we will definitely do it again soon. Of course. Can't wait. Definitely. Thanks for having us on again, Blaine. Of course. Well, enjoy your weekend, everybody. That was our Friday edition of Final Whistle. Look out for more content and everything everywhere. Yep, throw Open it up, boys. I'm speaking to vendors, everybody. We're going to have more Final Whistle gear coming out soon. Watch out for it. Have a great day.